Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Fight, get started today. NBA playoffs, NHL, MMA, PGA, everything sports at Monkey Night Fight. Use our code NJF. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, episode 421. Your host, Oscar Lopez, in the house. We're going to have a great show today. We've got journeywoman Melissa Struther uh, coming in here, telling us about her journey uh, playing right now with the Rapid City uh, Marshals and pro, semi-pro men's. Uh, so her story is awesome, and we're going to uh, dive into her in about 15 minutes. Also, uh, part of the 2017 uh, IFAB Wo- uh, Women's World Championship gold medal uh, team, Team USA and uh, WFA champion in 2012 with the San Diego Surge. So Melissa will be here in a couple minutes, and we'll kind of go through the state of the game with her, uh, her, her uh, scope of it. Um, she was obviously part of the IWFL and various other leagues, WFA, uh, WNFC. So uh, a lot to talk about with her in terms of the state of the game for women's uh, tackle football in the United States. And then, obviously, the, the growth that it is uh, internationally as well. So uh, in the second hour, we're going to have Mark Simone, uh, a.k.a. the backseat coach, coming in here. We're going to break down everything, uh, recapping WNFC Week 3. We're going to preview Week 4, some of the key matchups there. We're also going to dive into Sweden Week 4, the Clash, Orbro versus Karlstad. And we had about 12 weeks left in Sweden, so long season there in terms of Division One action, three games last week, uh, plus the, the uh, kickoff one uh, at the beginning of the season. So still a lot of football to be played in Sweden. So we'll dive into that in the next couple weeks, up to, I believe, almost June, July as well. Uh, we're going to recap WFA Pro Week, uh, Pro Division Week 2, uh, the game of the week, Minnesota-St. Louis. Uh, plus we're going to preview a couple of the Week 3 key matchups as well, uh, and then we'll also have Nate Ward uh, at the last uh, 30 minutes of the podcast. He'll be in here to kind of help us out break down uh, the uh, WNFC uh, picture for Week Four. So thanks for following us. Uh, you guys are listening to the best podcast on the planet covering Women's American Football Weekly. So that's awesome. Thanks for uh, bumping us up on Apple, on iHeart, and Spotify. And also, don't forget to check us out at GlobalWomenSportsRadio.com. And you can always get us on any other platform. So just uh, Google Great Iron Beauty's uh, podcast, Blitz Podcast, and you can get us right there. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Great Iron Beauty, where you get the latest updates on women's American football and NFL news. And, and we mentioned a couple podcasts ago, we're, we're devoting everything women's tackle football for the next uh, six months primarily. We're, we're not going to be diving into NFL or college until probably August. Um, that's when everything starts kicking off, the OTAs plus the preseason, uh, preseason talk and everything. In the meantime, this is the place to be Tuesday nights. Everything Women's American Football, second hour, one hour devoted to that, plus the first hour with awesome interviews as well as other news and notes. So thanks for uh, tuning in. Appreciate it, uh, 412. If you missed any of our episodes, 
Uh, we can go back and you can subscribe to them or you can go back and listen to them. I want to give a shout-out to a couple people because uh, last weekend, uh, Bree Quintana and Regina Jackson came in here and one of our higher-rated podcasts uh, in, in 2022. So uh, thank you to Bree Quintana and Regina Jackson for giving us a bump on Apple. And also on 419, Jim Wallen from t- uh, Sports TV, uh, Ed. And then it was uh, Molly Richardson from the Florida Avengers. Shout-out to Molly for getting her first win this week. Uh, the Avengers did get the uh, nod over in Philly, so shout-out to her as well. Uh, and then at 418, we have Brian Sweeney, so don't forget to check out Brian Sweeney, Lois Cook, uh, at the game of the week in terms of the road to Canton on uh, for, the, for the fans as well. So you can get it right there at the Hub. The link will be there. We're, we're always sharing that as well. So shout-out to Brian Sweeney and the crew at the road to Canton. Uh, and then Rossan Gore of the Texas Elite Spartans. Uh, shout out to her for making Team USA as well uh, from uh, for the roster for the 2000, uh, 2022 uh, Team USA squad. And then 417, uh, the talented Dana Rangel of the LA Legends. And we had Ricky Jimenez of the Iowa uh, Phoenix of the WFA. So check out all of our podcasts as well. Uh, some of our highest rated ones, 397 with Rich Daniels of the DC Divas. We had also Lindsey Cash, 393. Uh, also, some of the uh, other rated ones are uh, 387, Megan Lewis of the Denver Bandits, uh, 384, Grace Cooper of the Minnesota Vixen, which she saw live and center on Town Square TV this weekend, the return of Grace Cooper against the St. Louis Slam. Also, 383, Sarah Canangelo, uh, Chris Garza of the Nevada Storm, who took care of business in, in Mile High, uh, Gina Magana and Rick Rasmussen. 376 as well uh, the legendary Sammy Grossoffi 375 so a lot of podcasts to gu- dive into uh, almost 10 years worth but if you just go back uh, through 300 up to now uh, great interviews great awesome so thanks for bumping us up on Apple iHeart and Spotify appreciate that so second hour is going to be jam-packed with women's tackle football news so we're going to start off with the WFA breakdown uh, we're going to do WFA, WFA pro breakdown and previews in the second hour with the uh, faculty coach Mark Simone. But right now we're going to just go into the WFA uh, week two action, Six, uh, 18 games on the docket this past week. Uh, some of the exciting things, including uh, you can get to watch the Orlando Anarchy uh, just routing the Daytona Wave Runners 52-6, uh, courtesy of the Orlando Anarchy YouTube, right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Get to watch it right there. You can also watch the uh, Sweden uh, clash of Ouroboro versus Karlstad, 20-12. to 12. You get to watch it right there on YouTube, uh, thanks courtesy to Thymus uh, out there as well. And then you also get the Vimeo, the Vimeo link as well for the Ouroboro Black Knights as well. So you can get, get to watch Sweden, a women's American football action right there at the hub. Um, also, shout-out to the uh, Boston Renegades who get their first victory of the season. Uh, Shout-out to uh, Kusinen and Mata for doing their thing. Uh, Kusinen out of Finland, Mata out of the U.K., contributing big time to the Boston Renegades' victory in, uh, in D.C. against the Divas. 69-28 was the final score. Uh, kind of a different score from week one for the Divas against the Nighthawks. That was literally almost the same kind of uh, clash. But uh, Boston 
uh, sort of a scrimmage tune-up for them. If you get to watch the game, you go to D.C. Divas football, and you get to watch the full game there, including uh, Deja Scott in action as well and Lois Cook in action as well. So check it out right there. D.C. Divas fall to the Boston Renegades 69-28, and we'll talk about that in uh, the second hour with Mark Simone, a.k.a. the backseat coach. And then it was 41-0, to uh, the Cali War uh, taking down California Crush, and then surprised uh, everybody's surprised, uh, LFL uh, legendary quarterback uh, Ashley Salerno uh, actually got some snaps in the second half, so I made it an interesting, uh, interesting game. I believe three touchdowns on the call there. So uh, Cali War, 1-0 on the season. Good, impressive victory right there as well. So a uh, shout-out to the Cali War and the squad out there for doing their thing. And then you also had uh, the Phoenix, Carolina Phoenix, 14-0 against Music City. Uh, the East Tennessee uh, Valkyrie, 56-0. They're 2-0. and uh, So congratulations to them. They're doing a great job so far this season. Uh, Orlando, like I said, you can catch it on YouTube right there at the Hub. Orlando, 52 to six against Daytona. Harris, Harrisburg Havoc, uh, one and one, 19 to zero, tough, tough uh, victory against Connecticut Hawks, both one and one on the season. So there's an improvement there for them. Uh, Houston Power rebound and, and take down 14 to six the Gulf Coast Monarchy. Uh, Monarchy fall to 0 and two on the season. Something to start to look at. Uh, Tampa Bay Inferno just comes out and literally burns down Jacksonville at Jacksonville, 76-0. to uh, The Tampa Bay Inferno take, take down the Jacksonville Dixie Blues. Uh, Tampa Bay will now face the uh, Renegades this coming week, so it's a conversation with Mark Simone here in the second hour about how they'll fare. They haven't fared well in terms of their clashes. Uh, it's an opportunity for Tampa to kind of show some sort of uh, improvement in 2022 uh, as they head, I believe, to Boston on the road, tough environment, uh, taking on the Boston Renegades, the champs. Uh, the New York Knockout uh, get a win, 21-6. to They're 2-0 and on the season. Shout out to them. Uh, great season last year as well for them, and now they come back strong. They're looking forward to a playoff run, of course, so they're taking down Mayhem. Mayhem returns from an absent season. They're 0-2 right now. Uh, Nebraska, 33-14. to Shout out to our uh, salty, the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, on a great victory, plus a TD. So awesome job, Mac, for taking care of business there. One and one, Nebraska now falls. Uh, I mean, improves to one and one. Iowa Phoenix. We talked to Ricky Jimenez back in uh, podcast 417. Uh, he was optimistic about the season, but uh, a very bad loss week one against Minnesota. Here, a, a another somewhat bad loss against a rival in Nebraska. And now they get to – I think they're taking on Tulsa next week. So it's going to be interesting to see if Iowa will go 0-3 on the season, which is not something we had talked about, whether they'd be doing that or not. The other game was Mile High Blaze against Nevada Storm. You get some still photos there from the Mile High Blaze on the 22-8 Nevada Storm victory. Um, So uh, I heard from some of the Storm and the Mile High Blaze, not the best game in terms of Nevada's stature. So, But uh, still shout-out to – Sarah and Angela out there, uh, Jesse Fulker and uh, Jasmine Plummer for uh, muscling it out, and they get their win 1-0 on the road against My High. My High looking for that revenge win from the playoffs of the previous season. Just not, didn't happen. So 22-8, you get the still photos right there of Nevada versus My High at the hub. And then you had the return of the New York Wolves, 46-0. Uh, 
Ayala and company, Mazzola back from Finland. Uh, New York Wolves take care of business 2-0 to zero right there against the Northeast Ruckus. Uh, you can uh, get some of the highlights there at uh, New York Wolves uh, Football on uh, YouTube. So you can go subscribe to their channel as well right there, uh, New, York, New York Wolves Football on YouTube. You get the links from some of the players there, including quarterback Ayala. 46-0, good, good start for the Wolves, 2-0 in Division Two. They are, are on fire right now, really good, impressive two weeks for them, and uh, Ayala is playing really good ball as well. Uh, Virginia Lady Firehawks, uh, 42-7. They take down Richmond, Black Widows. Richmond falls to 0-2 on the season, something to look at. Uh, the game of the week for four of the fans, and that was a great call by Alex Wetstead on Town Square uh, TV. So you get to watch it right there at the hub. The link's right there, the full game, plus a recap of the game. Minnesota Vixen take down the St. Louis Slam 41-6 as uh, St. Louis loses on the road. Minnesota first victory against St. Louis in uh, franchise history. So uh, the Vixen looking forward to an, uh, a 2-0 start. That's something that, uh, that they want to go back to, to Canton. Uh, that's their goal is to return to the uh, site over in Ohio and uh, try to, you know, match up against Boston once again. That's, that's where, who's going to be ending up there. Zydeco, 2-0 quietly in Division Three, 42-12 against Tulsa. Tulsa will be, will be taking on uh, Iowa. So a battle of two, under, uh, two winless teams coming next week. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the teams go there. And then we can't forget uh, the clashes in the Nighthawks, Improved 13 to zero this week uh, against Tri City. So rebounds after that devastating loss to DC in week uh, one. Then Arlington edges Houston Energy. We talked about Houston Energy last week about how good they are and how consistent they've been over their tenure in terms of a franchise. And now uh, they almost get an upset win here. A D2 beating a D1 team, a WFA Pro team, almost happened. So Arlington also 2 and 0. Minnesota 2 and 0. Interesting development through two weeks in the WFA in terms of Minnesota and Arlington, the classes there. Plus, you also have Nevada at 1-0, Cali War 1-0. Uh, also, shout out to Arizona Outcast, 38-6, as they start their season once again to the road to Canton, 2-0 on the season. Uh, they take down Sun City Stealth. So, interesting matchups in week three. We're going to dive into that uh, in the second hour with Mark Simone, and as we figure out who's going to be um, in the playoff hunt through three weeks, almost within week five, I think we're going to figure out exactly where everybody's going to land because it's going to be interesting to see who is going to make the playoffs and who is not going to make the playoffs. Week five is going to be a crucial week in the WFA. So uh, let's make sure we go into the huddle here uh, by Monkey Night Fight. So if you haven't got a Monkey Night Fight, use the code NJF. It helps us tremendously on the podcast. Go get a $5 free play. You can play NBA playoffs right now. You can also play uh, NHL, uh, PGA, MMA, all those formats there. My uh, best play is more or less, so just a simple prop. If you can guess who's going to get more points, rebounds, all that, you're pretty much inclined to make three times your money. So if you put in $30, you're going to make a really good uh, $90. If you put in $300, you're going to make a good $900. So if you're inclined, $5 free play, use our code NGF, and you go into Mike and I fight. So let's go into the Mike and I fight huddle. Right now, we're going to be talking to the pioneer and journey woman, Melissa Struthers. 
Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Fight. Use code NJF to get started. All right, let's bring in the Pioneer 2017 gold medalist, WFA champion, Melissa Strother. How you doing, Melissa? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. How's, how's your day doing? Um, I'm just finishing and in, in started working out at about 4.30 and just getting done. Awesome. Um, Melissa, uh, everybody is excited. I, uh, somebody send me your story uh, because we get cluttered at the, at the hub with all the stories that happen. But uh, somebody send us our story. And so you're playing men's semi-pro. I believe it's uh, Rapid City, right, Marshalls? Yeah, it's, it's professional uh, men's indoor football in Rapid City, South Dakota. Now, is that a 50-yard? Is it 50 yards uh, on on the field, shorter field? Yeah, it's so eight-yard end zones and then 50-yard field. Okay, so arena arena ball. All right. So how's it going for you so far? How's that experience been so far? It's been interesting. It's a huge transition. <laughs> um, I played 13 years of women's football playing outdoor. Um, so transition first just to indoor and smaller field, smaller goalpost, and then also transitioning to professional where it's, you know, it's a business and, you know, one day a guy's here and the next day he's cut and he's gone. And then, you know, playing with, with men and um, speed, different strengths, and it's a bit of a different impact when you're getting hit. Now, I kind of get get the feeling, you kind of feel like what Jen Walter did with the Texas Revolution, <laughs> a little bit out of place, as they say, in some instances, you know, being the only right. uh, female on the squad. Right. It's it's funny. I think at first um, the guys were kind of like, oh, that's the chick on the team. That's the chick on the team. And then it, it took a little while, took a couple hits, and they're like, oh, wait, no, she's she's that's my teammate. That's, you know, that's just a football player, and she's my teammate. So I think it was a transition for me. It was a transition for the guys on the team. Um I, we, our game Saturday, I took a couple big hits, uh, making some tackles, and middle of the game, guys screaming across the field, oh, I got nothing but respect for you. So, you know, it's it's little by little uh, earning respect. Um, I'm earning respect from them. I'm also <laughs> – they're earning my respect for sure. Well, we all know you're a tough cookie, so, you know, from the women's side of things so now they get they get to realize that you're a, a tougher cookie <laughs> in terms of an on-field arena style play um how is it nice to get a paycheck melissa is it nice to have a paycheck uh it's <laughs> it's very nice to have a paycheck um i think after the the first game and and that first paycheck it was like okay this is real this is this is what pro is and even before that you know we have free housing we have free food free meals um, it's it's a different way of doing football than I'm than I'm used to, you know, paying having to pay for everything and paying to play, paying to travel, paying for all that in women's football. Um, being paid to do it is a different feeling. It's a different level of pride. It's also a different level of pressure that comes with that. Um, but yeah, getting that first paycheck was was pretty special. 
Now, it's more of a fraternity in the men's side of things, right? Because uh, uh, arena football has existed for probably the same amount of time as women's tackle football has existed, maybe 30, 50 years. But they've always been able to pay players in some format in every league. They've been able to accommodate or, you know, come with a paycheck, right? And whether it's a big paycheck or, or not, because I know, I know some arena players still have part-time jobs, right? In a lot of instances in certain markets. Um, there's like one or two guys on the team that have, uh, like work a couple hours, um, throughout the week. Um, we're not, you know, we're not making NFL money. That's for sure. And we're all looking for that Nike sponsorship, but, um, Paycheck, you know, paychecks are coming in after every game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because it's more consistent in that regard. Do you feel like we're going to get there with, like, the WNFC since it's making so much noise right now? I'm extremely proud of the WNFC and um, what Odessa Jenkins has been able to do. Just in the short time, they've come a long way. Uh, it really is just about – the more you get the name out there, the more you can build and grow, um, especially with some of these big sponsorships. Um, obviously, getting televised and getting networks where more people are able to see the game, then you're able to get more sponsorships. I do think women's football will get there. Um, I always wanted to say it was going to be in my, my playing time. Um, I'm not sure when it will be. I do think it will eventually get there because there's an appreciation for the game. You know, there's appreciate, there's a love for football. And when every time I walked off the field in women's football and someone had seen us play for the first time, they're like, whoa, like I didn't expect that. The big hits, the big plays. And so it really is just the more people that can are able to watch it and go to the games and see it streaming the the closer and closer they're going to be able to get to, to eventually getting a paycheck for it. Well, let's say you've experienced every league, even the IWFL back in the day and the birth of the WFA. And now, you know, both leagues literally neck and neck for attention. Uh, but I feel like, you know, not to be, you know, like taking sides, but I really feel uh, the WNFC because of Vire will get to that next level. Uh, and I think that's probably the key because it's consistent. And having uh, games streamed all in one season last season was pretty historic. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I I started in the IWFL back, you know, back in the day. <laughs> and then went to the WFA. WFA to me was so much more of giving everybody the opportunity to play. And when the WNFC started, it felt more like, this is a business building to be professional, to be paying players. And, you know, each year both of the leagues have taken steps in that direction of, of being that professional level. Um, but the WNFC does seem to have the, the edge, especially with Vire. I mean, it just makes such a big – for sponsors and, and for bringing money in. And then the fact that we have it all in one place versus having to go to – five different locations, you know, like before we used to go to each page, each team's YouTube. Now it's kind of multitask, multicasted. Um, of course, you know, social media has allowed that now. It's more of a, a free than it was before. And I think that's a, that's a kind of plus in itself. Um, you were at with, you know, in 2012, you were with the, uh, I believe the surge 
and you were experiencing, I, I believe, uh, were you at Heinz Field, if I'm correct? Absolutely. That, I mean, that was, for for me, um, but I think for the team as a whole, that was kind of that first step into the next level, being able to play in an NFL stadium. Um, and fortunately, being able to win in an NFL stadium was, was a huge step and kind of an eye-opener of how to take the next steps and how to push women's football forward. Um, and, you know, playing in Heinz Field is, a, is an absolutely – it was a special experience. And I think that's the starting point there. Um, Vancouver, how was Vancouver for you in terms of once you got the news that you were on the, on the, uh, on the 2017 squad? You know, I think since I was a little kid, uh, wearing that red, white, and blue, wearing Team USA was always a goal. And it was an absolute privilege. I mean, every step of the way, um, there's a pride that wearing your, your nation's colors and being on the field and hearing, hearing the entire stadium chanting USA is a feeling I'll never forget. Um, extremely excited for, for all the, the girls just chosen for the, um, for the world championships in Finland. Um, they're going to have a phenomenal experience. It's, it's it's something you know everybody's oh it's one of a kind it's once in a lifetime but it it, it truly is special and and the relationships you create with the teams um, not only just Team USA but all the other countries that you're playing it's kind of that you walk onto the field for women's football and you represent women's football across the world and that's a very special experience. Melissa, the, the, the growth of the sport, you've seen it obviously through your journey now, and you're obviously playing pro now, but you've seen it. You saw it firsthand in, in Vancouver. You know, there was an Aussie team that was created, a Mexico team that was created. Uh, you had the, the Canadians, obviously, silver medalists multiple times. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, the Great Britain team was created as well. Um, so you, you saw basically the, the growth of the sport in a way where women do want to play this game. Ultimately, not just in the states, but you know, internationally. I, you see, I thought as a football player, I'm seeing it now in the next generation. It's there's a love of football. Football, you know, they say America's baseball's America's game, but there's a love of football that that is that goes deep into the soul in this country, and it's spreading around the world. And there's such an appreciation for it, and the amount of times after games where little girls are coming up to me and they're saying, Oh, I want to play football. And I want to, I want to play football. And I'm like, well, go do it. Like if you love this game and you want to play, go do it. And I think, especially in the younger generation, the more it's available and the more they see, you know, if you see her, you can be her. And so the more um, these little girls see, the more it's just going to grow each generation. I think having flag football, it, it looks like it may be a possibility in the Olympics in the future would even be another giant step forward for the sport. And then we have the flag tournaments now with payouts. I think that's the most impressive thing now on nationwide. You know, a lot of uh, flag leagues, they're actually doing price pools, which in the past that wasn't the case. It was just tournaments, you pay for it. Now it's really price pools. So it's kind of like more of an, of another level, right? Yeah. It's taking it to the next step. And, you know, I think flag, flag football will 
grow quickly because it's it's just logistically it's easier than doing you know helmets and pads and and the amount of equipment involved um it's going to be easier to grow flag football and I think there's still you know you get a lot of fundamentals in flag football that easily can translate into tackle football and so you kind of have your pick your path of what you want to do um but the growth of football in general for females is important and I think flag football is going to play a huge role and and being able to have those payouts is just another step forward in in creating opportunity for people I think that's the key right there is just the the fact that you're able to have that um, availability, especially with the NAIA right now, getting a scholarship right from high school. Out of high school, you would never have gotten a scholarship to go to college and or to play flag or football. You would have been soccer or or volleyball or other sports. Now you have that that opportunity to do that. Uh, Melissa, if you had to sit down at the table and you have Lisa King on one side or Dessa Jenkins on the other, do you feel like you can kind of persuade them to say? One of you is going to be the NFL. The other one's going to be the NCAA. Do you think you have you can make that case for for <laughs> to be on the same page? I wish, I wish. I you know for a very very long time I I thought if we could pull women's football together and and bring it all together to really drive it home in one league, um, so there wasn't so much a competition of one against the other. Um, but I think it's just two different directions um, and kind of two different mindsets that, that they're really going after. Um, I think it's possible. I think anything's possible if you sit down and have a long enough conversation, <laughs> uh, but it might be a long conversation. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for the, what the NFL uh, AFL merger. <laughs> That's my goal. Right. right. That would be sweet, right. To have that merger. Exactly. Uh, we have a feeder system yep. on one end. And we got a pro league on the other, you know, that kind of, it's sort of, it, it, it might happen. We never know. Right? It might happen. But, uh, you know, that's our, that's our wish, right? To wish to have a, a stable feeder system so that we can bring attention to it. Right. And at a level where it is more like men's pro where people can see and be excited. I mean, I get a lot of messages about like, you know, why do they support an XFL and a USFL, but they won't put money into a, WNFC or WFA? It's a big question, but we already know the answer, right? And men's men's football sells no matter what format. It, there's international leagues now that get paid sponsors and everything. It just it just seems like it's a harder uh, sell for the women's game in a lot of sense, and that goes for women's sports, right? I, I think that's in general for women's sports, not not because it's necessary. I don't think it's You know, when you look at viewership, you're seeing more, you're seeing that viewership build and build and build. And it's always been, you know, the argument's always been, well, you know, not enough people watch this sport or that sport. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's the availability to watch that sport. So when you're looking at any men's sport and you're selling someone on it, it's, oh, well, this is going to be the viewership because it's going to be shown here, here, and here. And when you don't have that for a women's sport, it's a harder sell. So it's not the sport itself. It's not the people in the sport. It's just the availability for people to see. 
And the more you open up that viewership to allow people to watch women's sports, the greater women's sports is going to grow. I mean, you look at, at soccer growth right now and WNBA, you're seeing the growth where the audience is there. We just need to, we need to make women's sports available to the audience. Yeah, I think the, your, your point is right on point because the, the, the women's sports landscape in the U.S., is, is already somewhat established in some instances, but it's just not penetrating enough. Um, and then, you know, you have the question, can the WN, uh, WNBA survive without the NBA? That's a big question, right? So there's like logistics, in other words. Same, same uh, situation we have with the, the WFA and WFC trying to get one of these major sponsors that will cover a pay, right, a paycheck for players. It's just a matter of right. time to get to them. And I think we'll get there. Uh, I do. I think we'll get there. I think it's just, it's a matter of time. It really is. Um, And you have so many phenomenal women and phenomenal football players pushing it forward. And, you know, and that's not only the players, but the coaches. And then you look at the women breaking through in the NFL, where it's like, the more, the higher level you can go up, the more respect you're going to earn. And everything flows downward. Now, for you, uh, the season, is it eight weeks uh, over uh, with the Rapid City, or how many weeks is the season for you guys? We are, oh, my, I've been here for so long. Uh, We started, uh, first game was mid-March, and we'll go through um, ideally in the playoffs in the July. So it's a big six six months? Is it roughly six months? Yeah, like five, five and a half months, something like that. So are you are you sticking with this at this point? Is this is this something more of a of a focus focus for you now? In, in a lot of senses, just to stay within the program, make a name for yourself there as well. Yeah. So I I entered so women's football. I was wide receiver, free safety, and then it was kind of like kicking, punting came second or third, sometimes fourth. <laughs> um, and I really just wanted to see if I put all my focus into kicking, how good can I be and at what level I can I compete? Um, so through the door, which was a task in itself. Um, so now I really, I, I want to push it. I want to take it and see how far I can go and at how high of a level can I compete, whether that's indoor or outdoor um, in a professional arena. Now you, you have a uh, diamonds, diamonds in the rough, uh, dllc.com so you're basically a sort of a trainer in that aspect so you know the fitness for you is key so does this benefit you in terms of with the you know being a pro player now in terms of the arena style and and like you said with your with your kicking expertise and you're probably doing more strategic and key things for yourself right to get yourself right yeah so i'm um, I have a bachelor's degree in athletic training and then a master's degree in sports performance training so um, I'm able to break myself down in my strength program and then rehab myself so I'm ready to go for the games. So that's kind of what I've been doing um, as far as, like, making sure my body is, is ready to perform at, at the highest level. Now, um, we talked about uh, the challenges, like, in, in semi-pro with, the, you know, with certain leagues, you know, collapsing and staying and stuff like that. Have you seen that before or have you experienced that yet before? Or, you know, like 
one team is disbanded and all of a sudden they got to move to another league. And it just happens so often there too, just like it does in the women's game in the off season, right? Um, in the, the CIF, the Champions Indoor Football League that I'm in now, um, it's basically not allowed, <laughs> uh, the fines and everything. So, you know, your schedule is your schedule once, once it goes through. Um, and again, you have, I mean, you really do cause it's professional. So they're paid. You got, you know, a guy will get cut from one week to the next. So the rosters are, are seemingly ever changing. So there's never a difficulty with people filling rosters. So there's no concerns there now. Um, in women's football, it was, I mean, it was a problem. Um, there was a lot of times where teams would forfeit games either because they didn't want to have to travel to, to play us or they didn't have the funds to do so. Um, so I think, like, seeing how it's done here, it's easy because you're getting paid. Um, it's easy to keep that roster filled when and someone gets hurt. It's next guy up. You go from the practice roster to the to the suit roster. When you don't have a practice roster in women's football, it it's it's difficult. And I know numbers is a big deal because you know if you're on a D three squad with twenty five man roster that's just devastating you know within the first four weeks if somebody gets hurt versus a, four, a 50 man roster which is you know adjustments right you can make an adjustment here and there for five six people still make the roster somewhat attainable like you do in um uh, wfa pro but uh it's nice to nice to see that um you're uh, you're having a good time it's good to see that uh you're being successful and then uh you know we we had uh People messaged us and, and said, hey, you got to get Melissa on because she's kicking ass over in uh, Rapid City. So that's the reason I reached out to you because uh, there's a lot of folks that are keeping an eye on you and uh, really uh, support you. Oh, that's amazing. I appreciate that. So you feel like uh, at this point, um, have you been watching any of the women's games on Saturdays? I mean, I know you're probably busy on Saturdays, but. <laughs> yeah, so we have, unfortunately, we've, We've gone, we're going like nine weeks straight without a bye week. Um, hopefully when that's all over, I'll be able to catch up on some games. I see the scores. Uh, I have a lot of friends in the WNSC still playing, a um, few friends in the WFA playing. So I try to keep my eyes on the scores there and, and see how they're doing or check in with them to see how everything's going. But unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch any of the games yet. Yeah, no, it, it's been great. So you can always uh, you can replay every game on Vire. So if you're watching WNFC or uh, if you got cable, obviously for the fans, you can watch it, or you can just go to our page and you get the lowdown on everything, which you you probably already know. You get the lowdown right there where we're at. So you can always yep. go to our page and get the links and stuff like that. Um, all right. Uh, anything I didn't ask you that maybe we should dive into, like uh, you know, what's your favorite movie or uh, what do you normally eat for breakfast, as an example? <laughs> uh, favorite movie is Rudy Old school But you know Gotta love the underdog um, I have the same thing For breakfast Every single day At the hotel It is oatmeal And eggs So not very exciting But I get my carbs And protein Before my first workout Of the day <laughs> Alright Any routines That you That we should be aware of Since you've arrived In Rapid City Different from When you were playing In women's football Like is there An actual routine For you where you're at now? Um, as far as like my training? 
Yeah, as far as just like, you know, what's your routine? Like you get up in the morning and within that anything different than you were doing when you were playing women's tackle football that you're doing now, maybe differently? Oh, uh, well, well for when I was playing women's tackle football, I was working 10 to 12 hour days and then trying to train and play. Um again, it it goes to being professional and all day is football. I I wake up, I do mobility, I eat, I have my first training session at the weight room. I go do my cryo or red light therapy at our recovery place. Uh, and then I have practice and then I eat again. <laughs> so it is, it, there's lots of film in there. And it I, it's like waking up and thinking about football and then training for football and then playing football and then thinking about more football at night. So I'm, I'm all day football right now. It's, it's amazing. It's kind of unique in that sense, right? Where you have to wake up. You know, did you did you pinch yourself like the first week and say, "This is this is actually me now. This is this is real. <laughs> this is a job." Yeah, it is kind of crazy. <laughs> this is my job. I get to play the sport I love. This is my job. Which is cool. Um, I know I, you. You know uh, you probably know Jules, right? Jules uh, Archenberg. I think Jules Archenberg. She used to play for Chicago. I think Wolves. Also, an indoor arena uh, in the Midwest. I'm pretty sure that's where she was at. But I think it's it's not the first time that a female kicker has ventured into uh, indoor arena football, right? And as, as far as I remember, there's been plenty. Yeah, there's been uh, the actually before there was kickers before Jim Walker um, ended up playing. So there's been a there's been a few at different levels. I think. Um, Jen in the CIF was probably considered the highest as far as, like, arena goes. There's different, you know, just like WFA, IWFL, WNFC, there's kind of different levels of indoor football. Um, but there's been a few kickers through throughout the years. All right. Uh, are we going to see you at an NFL tryout in the off season if once your arena season is done? I mean, are we going to get that excitement where it's you're going to get the uh, – the Kaepernick attention, where there uh, it's a woman, <laughs> it's a woman at camp at the Jets. Go to the Jets. Jets need a kicker. Just go to New York. Play <laughs> for the Jets. That's all I'm saying. My my goal is for next year either um, to be in the IFL or the XFL. I would like to get back into outdoor football, um, mm-hmm. but right now we're we're working towards a championship in indoor, and and then when the off season hits, we're gonna go after the next level. All right. You, you get a hold of uh, Danny Garcia or The Rock, and I'm pretty sure they'll they'll put you in the XFL for 2023. That would be awesome. <laughs> right? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? You would show up in the XFL. Uh, that's that's one step closer to the NFL, especially with the relationship now that they're kind of partnering. Yeah, they, really, they really have cool. a – they have a team in LA, so it'd be nice to go back home. I would, I would be, that would be the, uh, my suggestion to you, is you know, it wouldn't hurt, right? Because the 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 worst thing that can happen was is you get cut, right? It's just the worst thing that can happen. The best thing that can happen, you exactly. get on the roster. You you never know until you try. So if you're gonna go after the dream, go big. Kind of excited now. Just talking about this, it kind of gets me excited at the fact that uh, maybe. Uh, the Rock will give you the shot in Los Angeles, 
and to be front and center, uh, it's a big brand. I mean, he's got a lot of money behind it, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of investors and uh, TV deal and everything else. So uh, your paycheck would be way bigger than what it is now. So that would be awesome. <laughs> that is for sure. It would be bigger, bigger stage, bigger pressure, bigger games, bigger kicks, and a whole lot of excitement and love for the game. All right. I, I think that's the route you should take. Just my advice to you. Just take the route. You get done. 2023 is going to be here anytime. Go try out. What the hell? Go do it. Uh, just like you told the little girl, right? If you want it, go get it. So there you go. Well, that's exactly. what I'm saying to you. Go, you. Just go get it. Uh, so, you that's know, planned. it's going to be nice, especially especially going back home in L.A. I mean, where else where else can you not be? They're like the biggest market, second biggest market in the country. You you would be a major story. Do you realize that? You would be a huge major story for the XFL. <laughs> You would be like on pressers. You, you, you know, you would you wouldn't even have an opportunity to have breakfast probably because you'd have all these people trying to get you to make a comment on something. <laughs> I'd be in the weight room. They'd have to catch me between reps. I, I, I'm excited. I think it, it's a good opportunity. Um, you know, to to you know maybe venture that way because that's that's an opportunity for you. I mean, if you if you're successful indoor. Why not, like you said, go back out there and try to make an attempt for that? Um, and then, may, who knows, the NFL at one point, right? Because uh, it hasn't been done. But I would go to the Jets. If anything, I would go to the Jets, maybe Jaguars. You know, not not to say that they're not great teams, but I would go to there just to try out because that's that's an opportunity right there. But uh, awesome. Um, Melissa, I hope you had a good time. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, all the fanfare, we got notes, and I finally got you on. And, I, uh, you know, what is your, your journey has been so amazing, uh, you know, 13 years into this uh, journey now. And now you obviously get your due. You get paid. You're a pro. So, you know, shout out to you for all your laboring. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be on and glad to be chatting with you. That's great. Um, where do you see uh the champion on either side do you think boston's going to be down this year in the wfa you think texas elite's going to be taken down just doesn't seem or feel that that's going to happen but uh, you know there's got to be an upset in one of those two leagues i have a lot of friends on on texas and um i don't think they're going any anytime soon i don't think they're going down i think they're going to stay on top for a while um i think the same with boston i don't see an upset coming i don't I mean, Boston's just, uh, I don't want to call it evil, but it's somewhat evil. You know what I mean? They're just devastating. Like, look what they did to the team this weekend, 69-28. I, I really, I was watching it, and I was uh, messaging our, our, our crew. I said, they're just using this as a scrimmage. <laughs> I was like, this is not good. <laughs> not good. Week one, they were using it as a yeah. scrimmage. That's not good. You know, and, and you can tell. You know, a really good, you know, good, good uh, squad that is really well coached. Uh, first half was just really – they just, you know, they turned it on. And it just it, – you can tell the difference, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've been on the, the bad end of a, a Boston. And we played them in the championship, and they just demolished us. They had phenomenal coaching, extremely disciplined, um, very focused, very athletic players. And – when they jump out on top of you, you're you're going to have a very difficult time ever catching up. I don't know if you want to call it, but I think defensively 
you start to really just get a fear state, right? Because they're just coming. And you know they're coming. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, ah, this is not good. Uh, that's you what I you know they're coming, and you have no idea how to stop it. Yep. I mean, and then, you know what? This It was just it was not – I was watching the game, and then, you know, normally you get, okay, this is good team, good team. And all of a sudden, you know, they're their team. They add, you know, a world champion running back in Kusinen, and then they add another, you know, world running back in uh, Ruth Mata from, from the, you know, from Finland to the – Great Britain, and then all of a sudden, you know, just the staple players in the U.S. I mean, oh, that was just—it was—it was nice to see. In other words, it was great—a great game to watch. Uh, if you're a Divas fan, not so great, but you know how that goes. <laughs> so at at the end of the day, someone's got to lose. So yeah. But it was a good game, and so that's—and and you know, two staple franchises right there. That's uh, you—you've seen them in action. You've seen both play and. Uh, you know what they're all about. I mean, uh, Molly has re- you know rebuilt this whole Boston team, and it's a great thing. And then you know how Odessa is so passionate. So it's a, just two great franchises in women's tackle football. Absolutely, and Staples. They you know they've been around for a long time. They've they've built an entire program. Um, they're big in the community. They're they're well established and well known. And I think that's that's huge for women's football. We're year in and year out. Um, the fans can know their team. This is our team, and we're going to support them. Melissa, the moment will come when um, Jones, okay, the owner of the Cowboys, technically hooks up to the Spartans, just like Mr. Kraft ended up supporting the Renegades. That moment will arrive, and that will take women's tackle football to another level. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And I think it's, just business decision for NFL teams to to hook up with these women's football teams and create a partnership and collaborate is beneficial for both sides. Um, And it will, it will be a huge impact. It will make it, it will make all the difference. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's networking and that's just, it's going to be awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Don't forget to follow Melissa and her journey on, I believe on IG Allstate underscore 83 right there. You can also go to Diamonds in the Roughs, uh, DLLC.com. Or uh, is it, are you doing private sessions right now or is it during the off season? Right now it's, um, I have six books that are available on Amazon. So books and then um, some uh, clothing line. Okay. So you can get, uh, I believe I linked our, uh, your Amazon. Uh, yeah, I did link our your Amazon link on our uh, promo at the hub, so you guys can check out all her stuff there and uh, get it. Uh, it's audio. Is it audio as well? You can get it downloaded as well, and, and as well as paper format. Uh, yeah, there's a few of the Kindles available. Oh, Kindles. Okay, perfect. All right, what's the price range on those? For, so everybody knows, is it pretty inexpensive? Oh no, it's very ex- inexpensive. The um, the whole idea of the strength programs, and um, it was to make it available for anyone who wants to go train. So the speed is $2. The strength books are, are $10 each. Oh, yeah. Um, it's really, like, when I was doing that, it was it was high school to college where athletes didn't have access to a personal trainer, that they could have an entire year's worth of 
strength training um, for a very affordable price. All right, guys. So don't forget Allstate underscore 83 um, her, at her IG. She's got a, a bunch of uh, cool videos out there about her journey right now in uh, Rapid City with the Marshalls. So, uh, Melissa, thank you again. I uh, appreciate it. And looking forward to another chat. Maybe when you make the XFL, then we'll bring you back when you get, when you actually Absolutely. arrive in L.A. 2023, yeah, that would be so good. awesome. 2023, let's go. All right, let's do it. Uh, thanks for making the time. Safe travels. Uh, continued success. We'll be we'll keeping tabs on the season, and uh, uh, hopefully you make the playoffs, get into that playoff round. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're gonna make a push for it. We're two and two right now, so we got to do some work. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Uh, have a great night. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Uh, that was the journeywoman uh, pioneer Melissa Strother, uh, uh, Team USA champion in 2017, 2012 WFA champion with the San Diego Surge, and of course now uh, she's playing professional. Uh, indoor football, CIF, CIF uh, professional football with the ref commercials. So don't forget to follow her at Allstate underscore 83 on IG. Get everything, her story right there. Check it out. It's an easy click. Follow. She's very interesting. Uh, I think she's got almost 2,500 followers. Let's get her to 5,000 or more. It's pretty easy. Just get your friends out there. Um, so, you know, you just get, get her up there. Uh, just get her uh, some fanfare. And hopefully we'll see her in X, XFL. 2023. I'm hoping she'll take my advice and head over there and make it make a showing, try out and see if maybe she gets onto the roster. That would be so awesome to do. So uh, check it out, uh, Allstate underscore 83, and you can also go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauty Promo Hub. We have the link there to her Amazon books. So help support her out there. Pick up a book or two there and help her out. So uh, I hope you guys uh, had a great time. We had a great time with her and. Uh, we had a lot of fanfare, a lot of messages saying, hey, bring her on. She's interesting, and she's great story, and uh, obviously uh, she did not disappoint. So looking forward to her, her team, herself, uh, making that playoff push in the CIF and indoor arena. All right, guys, don't forget to go to Monkey Night Fight. Use the code NJF. You get started today. At NBA playoffs right now happening, uh, three games every week. Uh, more or less is the platform. If you can guess how much John Morant's going to get in terms of rebounds or points or or Jim uh, or Embiid, uh, you can go right there to Monkey Knife Fight. Use the format more or less. Uh, you get a $5 free play. Uh, use the code NJF to get started. So uh, let's bring in the Oracle of Women's Tackle Football, and that would be the backseat coach, Mark Simone. Mark, what's going on? Oh, um, just uh, relaxing, I guess. Uh, listen to Melissa Struther. She's uh, I know her pretty well, um, not personally, but her her play on the field as a member of the San Diego Surge, uh, who the Boston Militia played um, a few times. So I definitely back in the day was doing my homework on the Surge and getting familiarized with all the players. And uh, she's really fantastic. You know, um, very versatile player. Um, can play you know a number of different positions. Uh, she always, I think, excelled at, at kicking. Um, and so uh, not at all surprised to, to hear that she um, is uh, focusing on that now and, and doing very well. I think she's going to be great. Uh, I mean, I'll just getting a paycheck now, Mark. Kind of different, like she said. Unbelievable, right? Way different. 
Uh, now you get a paycheck. You get, it's really nice. Uh, so congratulations to her, you know, for all her efforts and getting in there and uh, trying it out. And then, you know, hopefully, like I said, she'll get into the, I just, hey, what, what, what's the hurt? Go to XFL or this offseason, go try out for the Jets. The Green, Green Gang will accept her. If she's good enough kicker, they'll I mean, take her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who knows what the future holds. Um, you know, if she does go to the IFL, might get a chance to see her. We have an IFL team here in Boston, or uh, really Worcester, um, but in the area, uh, Massachusetts Pirates. So um, mm-hmm. if she goes to the IFL, you know, uh, perhaps uh, we'll get to see her kicking um, either with or against our uh, local men's team here. Yeah, great story. Um, she's uh, obviously uh, an amazing athlete, uh, amazing woman, ultimately, and an athlete. So uh, continue success to her and make sure she's, you know, support her. Like I said, Allstate underscore 83 right there on IG. Check it out right there. You get the link for her, to her Amazon stuff right there at, our, uh, at the hub. All right, Mark, let's, let's dive into uh, the international scene here in terms of Orobro, Karlstad. Uh, we thought it was going to be somewhat of a, uh, you know, a bigger blowout cast, but it came out to be really, you know, really close. You get to watch it right there uh, at the hub. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, so Karlstad 2012 uh, without Gabby Knobs, who's got a broken arm. Uh, they take care of uh, Orbro. So Orbro and Karlstad right there. So it was a pretty good matchup. It was a pretty good matchup. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't the cleanest game. There were lots of penalties, um, mostly false starts and, like, delay of game and stuff, um, which maybe isn't the surprising for, you know, the first or second game of the season. Um, but, it, you know, it was kind of sloppy in that sense, particularly, you know, in the first quarter. Uh, neither team really did much in the first quarter, and at the end it was scoreless. Um, it wasn't just the penalties, of course. The defense on both sides seemed pretty stout. You know, um, but over the final three quarters, it was really big plays that were made that kind of determined the outcome of the game. Um, I felt like Karlstad was uh, remarkably potent in the passing game, which is not what you uh, – it's not something you see a lot at, at this level of football, but they were very effective on the swing pass, and they made several big uh, throwing plays downfield. And um, – you know, so they were able to, um, you know, put up some some uh, big chunk plays to get to the red zone. And, you know, by the same turn, although Orbro wasn't as successful, like, throwing the ball, you know, also, you know, big plays put them in, in scoring position. But, you know, in the end, it was uh, the Crusaders 20-12. to 12, And they, they mostly controlled the game. Um and at a certain point, they just, you know, they got ahead by, you know, three touchdowns, and, and they're just, there was no catching up for Orbro. Yeah, Johansson is pretty tall quarterback. I mean, she's got a really good view. Uh, once they get going there in, uh, in terms of the, of the Crusaders, uh, she's really good at, you know, spreading the ball out and getting it done. So, you know, uh, Orbro, I think, lives by the run game and not so much by yep. the air game. So that, that kind of hinders them a little bit. Yeah, I mean they they got a they got a big fifty five yard rush out of their uh, quarterback um, to get deep into Carlstad's territory there in the uh, third quarter, um, but 
uh, Karlstad, their defense made a goal line stand to uh, take over on downs. But on the next play, actually, um, they threw an interception, and, and uh, it was caught by an Orbro defensive uh, lineman and who went into the end zone. So, so that's how they got their first score, uh, Orbro. They, they got it on defense. And they, uh, you know, towards the end of the match, they got to score an offense. But they really need, I think, to, to work uh, on generating more points on offense if they're going to uh, compete uh, with Karlstad um, if they get a rematch later in the season here. I agree with that. Um, also, uh, kind of the games happening this weekend, it's going to be Orlando Jets taking on Valenringa, uh, Trolls. The Goderberg Marbles will take on North Copen this weekend. Uh, so big matchups there in Division One. Uh, looking forward to that. And the season's really long. Right. This, it's 12 weeks in Sweden, so a lot of football still to kind of cover weekly for us. Yeah, that's great. How about a team name when your team name is the Trolls? Dude, I love that. Yeah, it's, I think it's Norwegian. They're from Norway. They're playing in the Sweden right. League, but they're from Norway, so... Yeah, pretty cool name. Yeah, right. All right. Um, the other games, matchups, we'll keep tabs on is Elite Monterey Week 6. Uh, we'll keep tabs on that. It's coming up this weekend. So uh, I believe FIBA Sports and uh, Liga Monterey will cover that, and we'll have we'll share those as well as they uh, get uploaded. Uh, Durango Lafay will get started uh, on the 24th, so we'll get results there. Week 5 in Mexico, Mark. Uh, Lobos taking on Raiders. Crucial game here for the Raiders. They can't, they can't afford to lose this. They want to stay neck and neck and try to make that playoff push. Uh, Pumitas against Thunder Girls. Good luck, Thunder Girls. That's all i got to tell you about that. Shout out to our girls, yeah. Sophia Venzes and, and uh, Danny Me- uh, Michi out there. So, uh, But I think Pumitas will take care of business here. Sure, yeah. I mean, it was kind of odd for everybody to kind of be on a bye week in Mexico last week, so um, you know, but we're looking forward to, uh, you know, the uh, season continuing this coming weekend. So a lot of action in Mexico. Uh, Easter break, basically, for uh, Mexico teams, Mexico squads. Yep. And also in Sweden, it was Easter break as well. So uh, so that, that's the difference there. Um, if you guys go to the Hub, you guys get a nice article by uh, for, uh, Spotlighting Ida Handel right there by NWTC uh, Sweden. Or also get another article right there uh, about Melissa Strother, who we just uh, interviewed here. Uh, and so it's a pretty cool article there. She's playing for Rapid City, Marshalls. Uh, highlights of Division One, Week 3, Karlstad versus Arbor, 20 to 12. Shout out to Themis of YouTube. He's got the coverage right there. And, uh, Mark, uh, WNFC announces Tennessee Trojans 2023 uh, that will be announced uh, we reached out to the owner. We should have her here in a couple weeks. So we're going to talk about how that experience is going to be all about to set up a new team right there in Nashville. So uh, WNFC uh, the, uh, is going to be 18th. If they don't drop off a team in the offseason, uh, it's normally that's been the kind of like the MO for the WNFC every year. They're dropping, one, one or two teams get dropped, right? They don't return. So. Yeah, well, you know, I mean <laughs> – I, I don't know if that's a sort of a, a standing rule or um, if, if that's just the, the perception of what's happened over, you know, last, you know, the last couple of seasons. But we, you know, we know Las Cruces set up this year. We don't really know what the future is with them. Um, 
you know, but but it is nice, you know, if you're going to start a new team to have the support of, of a league um, in the way the NFC is going to be supporting the Tennessee Trojans. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, that'll be good. There are other teams in the area, so, I mean, there's a lot of sort of things that, you know, we'll, we'll see them play out, you know. Um, uh, but, we, yeah, we just, you know, the uh, NFC is going to look like next year. Um, it doesn't sound like they plan to expand by any more uh, than, than that one team. And I know everybody's kind of waiting to see um, if, you know, they're going to try and put a team in Chicago or um, – because that seems to be sort of like the biggest, like the missing, you know, uh, football team for both leagues is something out of Chicago. So, um but it's been a while. I think uh, it's been a while since uh, it's, there's a team in Chicago. It's been missing for a long, long time. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's, the only thing more surprising than you know the Chicago Force, you know, folding is the fact that there hasn't been another team come up for five years now. It's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, it's uh, the only the only team in town is the uh, X League, the Blitz. It's the only team in, uh, in terms of women's tackle, women's football in general. It's just the the X League right now in Chicago in itself. All right, um, you guys can catch up Mojo Sports Podcast, Aussie Podcast, Women in the Great Iron. You can also catch the latest uh, episode of Cleat Sheets right there uh, on the Hub as well. Uh, and then uh, Utah Girls Football League uh, Week Three action, Mark, uh, pretty awesome. Thanks to J- uh, J C Brown, and you can follow her at Shutter Skunk on IG. But she got all the all the coverages. So girls having fun over in Utah th- uh, through three weeks. Yeah, that sounds like uh, they're having a good time. And, um, you know, so pleased uh, with all the success that um, the Utah Girls uh, Flag Football League has had or, and the uh, Tackle League has had out there. It's unprecedented. It's it's setting the template for every place else to do it. So very exciting stuff. All right, don't, don't forget, you guys, uh, Road to Canton, week two recap right there. Brian Sweeney, Lois Cook, uh, you, get to ha- you get to watch it right there as well. We got uh, LaFi Division Two action, courtesy of Yarda 20, so you can sit there with your popcorn and check out everything in Mexico as well. I uh, also have uh, the WNFC Checkdown. You can get the replay there with the WNFC Checkdown. Uh, you got Deja Scott uh, uh, was uh, done. Uh, he's brought by w, uh, WJLA.com. Uh, Salerno with Cali War in the second half. Uh, this is LFL legend quarterback Assi Salerno in the WFA, which is that was big news this week when we found out. Uh, and then it was uh, week two of the highlights right there by Malhai Blaze against Nevada. Town Square TV, full coverage, uh, the whole game plus a recap of the game. Uh, shout out to Alex Wetstad, great job there. Uh, also Brian Sweeney, uh, FTF. Uh, the pro game of the week, Minnesota-St. Louis. Uh, Mark, I don't think we were surprised that Minnesota was winning this game. Uh, I think we were just surprised that they won it in big, large fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, and, you know, the way I look at it, you know, that game was 14-6 to 6 at the halftime, which I think mm-hmm. is something that it, it wasn't surprised. Um, and, but, you know, uh, the Vixen really put the screws to them in the second half. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. great, great touchdown. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Grace Cooper is like hard to stop, you know. And you know, they have an air game too. The, the thing is, you know, the the Vixen has a, a big roster, right? And they've got a full coaching staff, and you know, Saint, you know, and they have good players. You know, St. Louis also has a lot of good players, but man, they don't have an extensive roster. They don't have an extensive coaching staff. Uh, throughout the course of a game, a, a team, you know, lo- like Minnesota, they're, they're just going to out-personnel you. Um, I, I think that's what happens. <laughs> the most, you know, I think in and out, happens. in and out, right? Utah with the Utah thing, it's like in and out, in and out. And, and on the other side, you're playing both ways. So, yeah, they're, they're big disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's, I, you know, I think that's how it played out, you know. They played them tough in the first half, and then in the second half, it just uh, got out of hand. And, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think St. Louis definitely has, like I said, you know, uh, very good players. And I think they're very well coached. I, I think for what they have, everything they have is good. They just need more. Uh, and I think they need more to compete. This is what WFA Pro is you know, should be about is to like build up your, build up your team. You know, you, you know, you need to have a small army, right. Um, and hopefully uh, St. Louis would be able to, to make that happen. You know, uh, it's hard coming off of, you know, two years where you didn't play, come out with like a, you know, a huge roster and, you know, all the logistics in place. And, um, but, you know what? It's like this is this is why we're here, though, to kind of learn these things and get these things figured out. And um, you know, I I hope that St. Louis will, um, you know, take it to heart and um, kind of step up their capacity and uh, be a, a a true competitor in uh, WFA Pro. All right, the two store the the mirror images of an opposite week. Week one, the divas take down the Nighthawks. Week two, same thing. It's like they got their spanking that the Nighthawks got week one by your own Boston Renegades. Not a surprise in a way, but my God, this uh, this this uh, talent, Kusinen, T Kusinen, man, shout out to her. She's a beast. And you add Mata on top of that, and, I mean, just uh, – I don't know, Mark, but uh, I will say this. I know the Divas were really good. I know they were, you know, they were trying to keep up with it. Boston seemed like this was a scrimmage game, and it just seemed that way to me. And not – not, you know, no disrespect to the Divas, but it's just uh, – they were just – they were using this as, as just, you know, a practice scrimmage. That's what it looked like. And, man, you add Kusinen, an all-world running back, and you – return of Ruth Mata and then you got Cahill and Smith and I mean oh my god it was just it was just a clinic 6928 that was a clinic yeah i mean it was definitely you know by the by the end it was uh you know kind of a blowout but i actually really did like enjoy like watching you know how you enjoy watching people work Right, and yeah. you know I, you know, obviously have watched Kusinen uh, playing Finland, but um, it's it's different to 
you know, put your eyes on it here uh, in the States and you could really get acquainted uh, very well with, you know, her, what her style is. And uh, it's brutal. She's a, got a She's bruising. A Let's just say right? bruiser all the way around. It's, it's and, like that one thing where I, I was watching a couple of those plays, Mark, and, you know, things were opening up. And you could see the divas like, do we want to tackle her or we don't? You know, because she was that elusive. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay. No, uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have two, you know, a couple people. You gotta gang tackle her, right? That's yeah. It, it's gonna be if you do it, you know, just uh, getting a solo tackle on her. You know, you might be able to do it, but you're gonna be hurting afterward. You know. Um, <laughs> So, um, you know, that being said, though, I, I, I thought watching the Divas was also very exciting. Uh, they they really do. They have a, a lot of um, – they've got a lot of pieces there. And I can see them becoming very competitive uh, very shortly. You know, I, I, they, they didn't have uh, Amanda Congialdi under center, right? Um, although um, the uh, – uh, the quarterback Johnson did a good, did a, quite a good job playing. Um, um, not great. It's hard no, to do Divas, against Boston. If you want to rate one and two, I mean, uh, but you have to have Boston right there. Divas, Divas are good. The only, the, uh, I'm not saying that it was a bad game. It was, just, it was a right. good game. First two quarters, everything was somewhat contained. Right. Uh, the, the thing I'm saying is, offensively, uh, the Divas are literally firepower mentality. They live and die by the pass right now with floor and, uh, you know, in that sense, uh, they're not yep. – uh, if, if Scott gets going on the corners. Uh, but Boston took away that. They took away the running game. They took away Scott. They were forced to throw. Yep. Uh, not a good thing yep. for them. And so Boston, I mean, once a Cahill gets you to the red zone, uh, they got dual threats. They got Mata with fast speed on the corners, and you got Kusinen Bruiser down the middle. You know she's going to take somebody, uh, you know, rushing down. Uh, just, just it was just a, an impressive outing by Boston. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and you can't, you know, you can't dis, you know, count out any of the receivers there. You know, Stephanie mm-hmm. Pasquale. You know, she she topped a hundred yards. And and you know you you got Smith who is shorthanded. You know. Um, and uh, one of the rookies, Renata Meckel, um, mm-hmm. playing uh, tight end very well. Um, you know, she got like 70, something like 75 yards, 70, 75 yards in a, in a touchdown um, starting as a, as a rookie, which, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of weapons on Boston. The story of, of the Renegades just being the renegades again you know what i mean that's just literally the story of wfa pro the, this is the team to beat this is a you know on display against their rival um this is this is a team to beat so if you're the inferno mark <laughs> flame down is that the is that the <laughs> word because oh my god i'm just i'm I don't, saying I don't if know. you're the inferno you're watching that film i mean you can replay it it's right there on divas football Divas of, uh, you know, DC Divas football on Facebook. But if you're watching that, you know, uh, you're, you're literally waiting for the Kusinen storm. It's front and center right there. 
right? I, you know, I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're, maybe you're hoping that, you know, um, some renegades don't make the trip down to Tampa Bay. And I got to tell you, that's a tough, tough trick to make at this time of the year. It's spring break. Man, those plane tickets yeah. are expensive. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, no joke. So, you know, I don't expect uh, I don't expect the whole team to get down there because, woo, uh, that being said, you know, Tampa Bay did uh, put up a whopping number uh, this past week on Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Dixie Blues. It was 76 to nothing. So, you know, at Tampa Bay in their own right are, are making their own statement um, – you know, maybe not necessarily to uh, the Renegades, uh, who they face next, but, uh, you know, they're definitely trying to make it clear that they're going to be a force to uh, be reckoned with in Florida and uh, down the line as we near the playoffs. So um, 76 points, I, I really haven't seen them put up that amount of points on anybody, I think, for a long time. I'd have to look that up. That might be the most points they've ever scored before in a game. It's a good pre-tune-up uh, against the champs. That's all i got to tell you. If you can put up 76 points, which I doubt that's going to happen against the Renegades, but, hey, <laughs> you know, it's still good for week one, right? Just feel good that you put up that's seven, right. almost 80 points. Uh, it's going to be a different story this week, coming this week, so that's all i got to tell you. Um, surprise, so. Mark, that um, Nevada uh, didn't look as crisp against Mile High? Yeah, a little bit. Um I don't know if surprise is quite the right word. Um, you know, I, I guess I I felt like, and you know, I mean, the Blazers is a good team. Um, I would, but I, I felt like, you know, the Storm last year, if this game was played, like we might have seen a larger margin. Of course, this was the, uh, you know, this was the was this Nevada's first game or second game? First game. Okay, so, you know, it's their first game of the season. Um, they got the dub. It was an away game, you know, playing playing in the high altitude, um, the higher altitude, um, you know, might have been a factor there. Um, I'd really like to see the film on it just to see how it went down. But, um, you know, you, you know, I think I think early you always question, well, you know, um, since they stepped up to WFA Pro, I'm mean, naturally going to be critical about their performance and saying, well, you know, are they ready for, for this pro level? Um, but, you know, all I can say is, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that it was a fairly close game, but, you know, they pulled it out, and, um, and that's that. You get the still photos right there at the hub, uh, courtesy of the Monohaw Blaze. Get to watch it right there, so she, we they get a chance to do it. Um, Mark, surprised that uh, New York is two and zero. The Wolves four six zero against the uh, Northeast Ruckus, um, but I, I don't think it's no surprise. I think they did a year off recruitment. Um, they get Mazzola back from Finland. They got Ayala at quarterback. Uh, looks like they're looking pretty good right now. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Um, not surprised by the score. I'm not surprised that they're two and zero. I kind of expect them to uh, keep on winning. I'm not going to go and say that they're going to be undefeated at the end of the year, but they're definitely, I think, one of the better teams, you know, certainly one of the better teams in Division Two, and um, they're definitely off to a good start. 
All right. Uh, you guys get get to watch the Orlando Daytona game, courtesy of the Orlando Anarchy there as well. Uh, the other game, Mark, uh, Cali War, forty-one to zero. Really, no competition. Uh, like I said, the only news out of there was uh, you know LFL quarterback Salerno actually on the roster now, played in the second half, three touchdowns. Um, so interesting to see her now in the WFA and not the X League. So that's a different change. But Cali War, you know, gets the big win. Uh, you also at the rebound, Baltimore rebounds after the loss to DC Divas. Uh, the game that we were mentioning last week that could have been, that could be very, you know, an issue where Houston could pull off a win, right? D2 versus D1. And it almost happened, Mark, not by a large margin. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the game, the kind of game that we expected. Um, we knew it would be, you know, we knew it would be close. Um, or we expected that it would be close. We, um, you know, the energy is a good team. Um, the imp, you know, the impact are good. I mean, they're just they're nearby. I mean, it could be a rivalry, and it's just one of those games where you know you look at it and you're like, well, you know, we've say, been saying this for a little while. Like, you know, the Houston Energy, maybe they should be in the pro division. Obviously, they, my if they can compete with teams in the pro division, then, you know, maybe they should be in the pro division. I'm not exactly yeah. sure, um, you know, what behind the scenes um, led, you know, uh, leads them to remain in, in Division Two, But, um, you know, yeah, you got to start, you know, there's room for them in division, in, in the pro division. So um, maybe next year. All right, so I got a message this week, and we can create controversy if you want, right? I got a message this week. Um, the message said, can you tell Odessa to take the Houston energy and replace it with the Houston heat? So no disrespect to the heat, but that was the message. If you had energy in the WNFC, wow, right? That would be a difference maker there. So something to ponder. Maybe it will happen. Maybe it won't happen. But there's fans that actually – would want to see that Houston team in the WNFC, Mark. Well, you know, I think we could spend uh, uh, days on end just uh, mixing and matching pieces between uh, two leagues, right? So I don't know if there's much controversy there, you know. But I would say right now, if they can compete with that Arlington, maybe they would be a fit there, you know. just a, It's a what-if situation there. Um Let's just let's give a shout-out to the Arizona Outcast, 2-0, Mark. They're looking forward to the road to Canton. They're starting off their season really well. So uh, they're, going, they're going up against California Crush this weekend, which I think that's a winnable game. They'll be 3-0. and So there's the story in D3 right there, the, the, the champs uh, looking good so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're out 2-0. and uh, The Sun City Steps are they're 0-2. That's a hard way to start the season. Um, so, you know, they're going to be on the outside looking in here, uh, which is which is too bad. But the, the outcasts definitely, um, you know, are looking looking good. And, you know, they're looking to return to the, uh, the uh, national championship game in Division Three. All right, uh, guys, we have 24 games, Mark. <laughs> We're not going to go over all 24 because we don't have the time. But uh, 24 no. games in week three in the WFA. One of the key markup games, obviously, Tampa Bay Inferno 
taking on the uh, Mark's Boston Renegades. Um, so that's going to be a great game to watch. So if you're an Inferno fan, this is your first test of the season, just like the Divas last week. Where are you <laughs> in terms of competitive football? Where are you, right? This is it. 76-0 week two, not going to be as easy in week three. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, the storm is coming. Can you handle the storm? And that's Kusinen. That's what I'm going to call her now. Uh, T. Kusinen, the storm. It's coming. So uh, <laughs> it's 46, right, Mark? 46 is coming. Right. All right, Tampa. So be be on the lookout because it, it is it is a brewing. And do they get they get they get hurricanes in Tampa, right? Yeah, oh, they get hurricanes. Right. So there you go. So there it is. Let's just let's make it now. The storm is coming, and that her name is Kusinen. So be on the lookout right there uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, I think she'll be pleased with us, you know, giving her that nickname. All right, um, here we go. Let's see. Uh, the other uh, key game, Chaos Derby City. If Derby goes to 0-2 here, this is, uh, this is a big shocker uh, when they fell to in week one. Now they can take on Columbus, which was really competitive as well. So, uh, you know, is, is it D.C., D.C.'s game to win at this point? Because Columbus has nothing to lose here. They're 0-1 as well. And they, they, they almost really, won as well. I, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I, I honestly, uh, you know, don't know what the outcome's going to be. I think they're two very uh, tough teams that are hungry to get a win. As we know, you know, uh, both of these teams took – opening uh, day losses, and I think with Derby City, it was kind of a surprise. They uh, dropped one to the Capital City Savages, and it wasn't a particular surprise that the Chaos lost in their first uh, uh, franchise game. But both of these teams are are going to get it, man. Uh, so that's going to be a very, very intense matchup, I think. And then we got the Battle of Michigan, talking about the Savages. The Savages yep. going to Detroit to take on WFA Pro, right? If Savages win here, Mark, oh, my God, D2 defeating a pro team. Big pressure for Detroit here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think this could be uh, – I mean, also this will be a, a hard-fought battle. Um, as I said, you know, the Savages opened up their season with, you know, a big win over Derby City. Man, what if they can do it to the Detroit Venom? That would be something. That would be a story. Um, I, I think Detroit will pull it out, but, you know, I expect to see a lot of fight in this one. And then we have Gold Coast 0-2 taking on Dallas Elite. Um, Dallas should win this, but if they don't, question them being in pro. And I've said that over the last year, uh, the Mustangs, they got to get those win against Gold Coast. Gold Coast is listening to us. I'm pretty sure they want to get off the, uh, the, the donut and, and get that first win. So uh, a bigger, I think bigger pressure for Dallas because they're not looking too hot right now in this uh, 2020 season. Uh, the other game is energy. Going to probably a little bit be angry. So Austin Outlaws, uh, I would say beware because they're probably coming, right? Uh, Mark? surprising we talked to uh coach ricky jimenez on our podcast he was looking forward to a minnesota loss did not anticipate a nebraska loss and now iowa is on the verge of falling to zero and three they're taking on their rival tulsa 
Yeah, I you know I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think they're going to um, overcome uh, the the threat of Tulsa. Um, it is tough, like you know, it is tough to open zero and two, but you know Iowa is a competitive team and they were a contender um, down the stretch in D three last year. I I think they're going to get off um, the uh, losing streak this week with a victory over Tulsa. All right, we get the Battle of Florida. Uh, Jacksonville coming off the, the huge blowout loss, 76-0 to to Tampa. They take it on Orlando, coming off that nice, huge win as well. So here's the Battle of uh, Florida. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, who, who gets the who gets to 2-0 and or if the Jacksonville Dixie Blues are going to drop to 1-2. and Right. You know, I don't have a good feeling for Jacksonville in this one. Uh, with the amount of points that Orlando just put up last week, um, that, that's, a, that's a train that might keep rolling this week. All right. Took a look at the Tri-State Warriors' first uh, matchup. Uh, not impressed. Uh, New York should go to 3-0 and here. I think they got too many weapons uh, on defense. They got uh, really stout on offense. Ayala is just too good. So I think the, the, the Wolves, they take the win here. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty big win, but you know, uh, at the same time, I want to say that that hopefully this matchup will be an, a rivalry matchup. Uh, will develop into that uh, competitive type of rivalry uh, down the line. All right, so let's give a shout out to the uh, Tennessee uh, East Tennessee Valkyrie two and zero. They're going to be taking on Richmond. Richmond is really on a uh, slide here, 0 and 2. But uh, shout out to them. Uh, shout out to the Zydeco as well. They're 2 and 0. The Knockouts 2 and 0 in uh, D3. Yep. So a lot of good, a lot of good starts on a couple of those teams as well. So uh, looking forward to 24 games, including the game of the week. You'll get the promo right there by Brian Sweeney, The Road to Canton, Lois Cook. So we'll we'll get that uploaded as well for you uh, at the hub at facebook.com for slash Gridiron Beauties. All right, Mark. Uh, let's dive into the WNFC, because this is a week where the WNFC was not in full force. Four games on the on the slate. Uh, we did not anticipate the prodigy having such a struggle uh, against, the, or we didn't anticipate Atlanta being this good on defense. Let's just turn around that storyline right there. Wow, Atlanta really good. Even with the even with the rain delay, they're able to contain uh, the uh, Washington offense. Yes, they were uh, tremendously effective at slowing down, um, you know, Washington's rushing game. Their leading uh, Washington's leading rusher, uh, Jasmine Ballard, was held. You know, she only averaged two point two yards per carry, and when that happens, um, you know, you've got you got to end up trying something else. It's very interesting if you look at the statistics. You know. Um, well, let me first preface it. The weather was horrible, right? Yeah, it was bad. It was rainy. It was windy. It was like they even delayed the start of the game for um, quite a while just so they could get on the field. So that's the type of conditions that were happening in that game. And in, in that type of game, you expect to see a lot of running and not a lot of throwing because that ball is, you know, pretty slippery. Um, but when you look at Washington's numbers, um, 
it, it, it it's actually pretty balanced, like with 29 passing attempts and in 27 rushing attempts. And so you ask yourself, well, what, how, did, how does that happen? It's that 2.2 uh, yards per carry for Jasmine Ballard. You know, with the Atlanta Phoenix defense just stuffing a run, um, the Washington was forced to pass the ball. And, you know, especially being down seven, Atlanta took a, a lead um, early in the game, pretty early in the game. I think maybe it was early in the uh, late in the first quarter, or early in the second quarter. And both teams had trouble, like, advancing the ball. Just the conditions were bad. The defenses on both teams are pretty good. Um, so the Prodigy tried to take to the air. And, uh, you know, Ashley Clark did, you know, throw the ball for 120 yards. Um, you know, didn't have a particularly good, you know, completion percentage or rating or anything like that. But receiver Casey Hilliard, you know, she got 83 yards on five receptions. That's pretty good. But the story of the game was that, you know, Washington just they couldn't get that big play um, through the air. They were just looking for somebody to break out with a touchdown to answer Atlanta's um, uh, score, and they just they just couldn't do it. Uh, Atlanta's defense was just too tough. Uh, you know, uh, what can I say about Atlanta's defense? Uh, you know, they stuffed the run. Diamond Wright, Lindsey Larry. Uh, Kenyini Israel uh, just making tackles, uh, deflecting passes. Um, they were just smothering. And uh, the way uh, Atlanta got their score was, you know, they just managed to, you know, win that field position battle, push Washington back as far as they could toward the end zone, you know, get the ball in Washington territory. And then they, uh, Nelsie Brown just eventually – uh, punched it in on on a short rush, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, we can't forget Alanisa Thomas. I mean, just a beast out there, just leading that um, defense. So, uh, you know, Atlanta Phoenix defense, no joke, Mark. They have proven it two weeks in a row against Alabama. They take they're now they're taking down one of the top offenses within two, within the last two weeks. Um, this is going to be interesting <laughs> because they're literally choking you down offensively that literally that's what they're doing their their offense is not that great either but uh, can they live and die by the defense is really the question now that's yeah i mean that's true and you know we'll we'll talk about the alabama fire a little bit later but you know alabama lost to atlanta in that first week and they you know didn't score you know many points and it was very disturbing but now that we know um you know, what Atlanta's sort of game is like that loss doesn't look as bad as it did after, you know, the first week. Uh, And you're absolutely right. Like how far can this uh, style of play take Atlanta? Uh, I mean, their defense is obviously very tough to overcome. Um, They're ranked, they're ranked number one in the WNFC right now. So shout out to them, you know, shout out to the, the defense out there. Number one ranked defense in the WNFC right now, even above the Texas Elite Spartans. So I, I yep. think uh, you know if you're if you're facing the Phoenix going forward, understand that's that's going to be the game, right? Unless they get some injuries or something uh, odd happens, 
that their their style of ball is a, it's a it's an aggressive uh, front in your face. They're shutting down the corners. They're forcing you pressure up front. I mean, they they just you know if you're Washington Prodigy, you're going into you know you go into the, into this loss going what did we not do right? But you you probably did a lot of things that you were normally doing, but they were just you know they were forcing them right. They're just forcing you to do That's something right. different. And then, so Absolutely. You, when you can stop Ballard yeah. and Clark, I mean, from the last two weeks, the way they were explosive. But you know what? Why don't, we, why don't we be fair, right? Can we be fair that the last two weeks the Prodigy were putting up those you know high-scoring numbers were against the bottom feeder teams in terms of defense? So now they got to now they got to face the defense in the WNFC, and look, the result obviously is a tough loss. That's right. Um, so a completely different test, I agree with you, um, from Atlanta to um, the competition, uh, the teams that were, they were facing before. But, you know, you also got to ask, well, you know, what if the conditions were different? Um, sure. I know, you know, the conditions obviously were the same for everybody. Yeah. But um, cool. sometimes, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that favored Atlanta in some way um, that, you know, we can't really see on paper or, you know, quite feel. Um, so I'm, I'm sure the prodigy would be interested in a rematch. Um, I'm sure they feel like they didn't really, um, you know, they got knocked off their game, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So they'd, they'd be lo- they'd be looking for for some revenge. Yeah, we, we can't discredit we can't discredit the prodigy D. So we can't just you know with the same token. You know, the Prodigy right. did do their job as well. So it was basically a defensive game all the way around, and one team just happened to score, you know, a one one a score better than the other. But, you know, shout-out to yep. the Prodigy G as well. So, um, Mark, uh, let's go into Florida gets their win. Molly Richardson still having problems, Florida, with uh, fumbles, with penalties. Um, Philly, uh, the same issues with Philly. Just not 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 cohesive yet. Over after two weeks, uh, twenty to eight, uh, Florida Avengers get get the, the first one of the season. Uh, yeah, they did. You know, I I thought I guess I thought Philadelphia was better than they actually are. You know, they did take mm-hmm. a whipping from um, the Prodigy uh, the week before, and I thought, well, you know, maybe they just had an off game. It was their first game of the season, but. They're not very good right now, uh, Philadelphia is. And, you know, Florida was able to take advantage of them. It looked to me like they're passing, uh, you know, Florida's passing game. Um, they were able to find some success there. You know, Richardson threw for uh, 293 yards. I'm sorry, that's not right. Um, but she she was able to complete some some pretty big passes and gain some, uh, some chunk yardage. And... Um, you know they got points on the board, which they were not doing in in uh, the two previous games. Uh, yeah, I mean Molly Richardson threw for for two touchdowns, so you know um, the air worked pretty well for them, and they weren't bad on the ground. I mean they were okay all the way around. Um, you know, not the best win, but enough to get over on uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly's got some issues to clean up. I think they're they're, they're not disciplined. I really think they they you know they're two weeks in, they probably are going to get that fixed. But overall, they they they're not looking really good right now. Zero and two to start the season. Florida 
a must win for them to get off, you know, to get off the uh, the losses column. So uh, it was courtesy of F F SFBN uh, via the Wire Network. You can watch it right there. Uh, Mark Seattle uh, low roster doesn't look like they have a lot of players or uh, injuries are coming up to them. Uh, Vegas just uh, lacking the scoring. If they can get the scoring going, uh, I think Vegas is a lot more potent. Defensively, shout out to their defense. They've been keeping them in games. But uh, Phillips and company, they got to get it together. they got to get it offensively together. They get that offense together, they're going to be a little bit more potent in the West. But shout out to them, 22-0 to zero against Seattle. Yeah, um, you know, Seattle just unfortunately is like looking like one of the worst teams in the league. They're just just not looking very good right now. Uh, so, you know, in a sense, it was sort of a, an easy uh, competition for Las Vegas, who um, isn't performing up to, I think, what they're capable of and what they showed last season. You know, um, they. Uh, they're two and one though. I mean, that's that's the good news for them. But they do have the Falcons coming up next week, and uh, so that's going to be a big test. And it doesn't get easier, you know, in their next game against San Diego. So you're right. They they do have to ramp up their scoring. Their defense has been pretty decent. You know, uh, in the first game of the season against the Legends, they kind of like, uh, you know, let it slide a little bit too much there. Uh, towards the end of the game, and the uh, the legends, you know, almost uh, came back to tie it up. Uh, they held, uh, you know, the Silver Stars held the Bandits to ten points in a losing effort, and you know they just shut out the Majestics. I, I think their defense is uh, pretty decent, but they they do need to sort of like ignite on offense. To your point. I think right now I, I want to give a shout-out to the um, Majestics D, Sin, Sims. Uh, I mean, they're just they're doing their job. Bradford, uh, Bradford Airy, they're doing their job on defense. Uh, I mean, offensively, it's just not good, and they're, uh, they're trying to make Hero do all, all the things that needs to get done, and it's just not happening. So, you know, if you're the Majestics, you've got to really start to regroup on offense because this is not working. The way it's going, it's not working, and – you're killing your defense right now, and the defense is a pretty good defense, holding uh, Vegas to almost, I think, 12 through two quarters and allowing, obviously, the 22 in the second. But overall, I, I think uh, you know Seattle needs to regroup on offense. they got to find a better way on offense, either go with the run game because the passing game is not working. So figure, you gotta, they got to figure it out. Uh, Vegas, big test coming up here against Utah, to your point. Uh, Magana and Jameson, totally different. If you don't put up points, you're going to be embarrassed. You're Vegas. You gotta, you gotta be able to put up points on offense. So if you're Phillips and Company, big test. You gotta put it up. Can't drop balls. Can't, uh, can't lose opportunities in the red zone. That's one of the things you can't do against uh, Utah. Um, Mark, what do we say of San Diego? What did I say? Escoto returns. Gutierrez, Escoto, Martin. Uh, my God, uh, I'll just say that on that side, and then on the other side. This defense is just brutal. It's a brutal defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, that defense is really what got them to the championship game last last season. And, uh, you know, there's there's no let-up in that defense now. Um, but it, 
it seems that this year, you know, San Diego is turning it on on offense. So they're really sort of, you know, putting up that whole package together. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. Uh, the Legends did a pretty good job. I'll, I'll be honest with you, like keeping yep. San Diego under under 30 points. You know, I would expect maybe like 35 points. But uh, so you know, good job to the Legends. But uh, I mean, thus far, San Diego has just been lights out. They haven't let up a single point, and and they've yeah. just just steamrolled on offense. I mean, LA LA is in the same boat that uh, Vegas is, Mark. They're just they're not consistently. They're dropping balls. The run game's not there. Uh, Catrone not as efficient. I mean, they're just offensively they're not very efficient, and that's what's hindering them as well. They're talented on defense. You know, shout out to Zyke, Dana Dana Zyke, our Georgia football athlete out there. Shout out to Allie Cleveland, uh, Ansley Anderson, uh, Jasmine McDonald. They're keeping it down. But, you know, at the same time, the offense has got to get going here. they they got to get it done, uh, especially in the West, right? You're not going to be able to get it done, especially versus Utah and San Diego when it comes to playoff time. So they really got to they got to start heating it up, just like Seattle's having problems. So L.A., if they can fix some things, I think they're, being, they're going to be more impactful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, things are just getting more and more competitive out West, too. So, um, you know, with, with Denver is, is, is tough, and, you know, they lost that close one of the Silver Stars. It, it's like this This is how it is. So you, you got to, you know, are you, are you going to be with those teams or are you going to be down with, like, you know, Seattle and, and, and Phoenix? You don't want to be there. So, um, you know, put in the effort. Find a way. I mean, between the Nugent clan in, in San Diego, Rose in San Diego, Tyler, uh, man, this this defense is scary for sure in terms of San Diego. It's a scary defense. So, uh, good job to the to the rebellion once again, staying undefeated here. Uh, Alabama, uh, Mark takes down uh, Houston, sixty-two to twelve. Uh, Houston putting up a fight, putting up a fight every week, but unfortunately, just uh, they're not skilled enough on offense to keep up pace, especially with uh, Kelly Smith and company. Yeah, that's right. Um... You know, and in this one, Alabama really did ramp up that sort of scoring machine that they're known for. And they have five touchdowns on the ground and, and three through the air. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Houston's defense, they hung in there through the first half, and they, they snuffed out three Alabama drives with interceptions by uh, Amber Perry and uh, Terrigny Dash. Dash was outstanding. Mm-hmm. She also led the team in tackles. And, you know, she was all over the place. But, you know, the Fires uh, running back duo of Chardonnay Jenkins and Kelly Smith just, you know, soon wore wore them down. And uh, Jenkins got uh, two end zone plunges there in the second quarter. And, you know, that that put Alabama ahead for good with the extra points. Um, You know, Alabama rushed for over 100 yards in the first half. So, it, it was just a, a kind of a brutal punishment for the the Heat defense. You know, even when, even though they stopped them in few times, that's going to tire you out, right? Um, yeah. Similar story that so, you got in Seattle. You know what I mean? Good, so, the good solid on one side, but just offensively, you're just anemic, and that's not going to make it happen, especially against these better teams. And you know, shout out to the to the uh, you know Mary Woodward. 
out there with the fire. Uh, I mean, they're just they're just getting their they're getting their touchdowns. Uh, Joy Joy getting their touchdowns. I mean, uh, the fire back to form here in this week. This coming up this 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 week. And then you know, what do you say about uh, Courtney Billingsley? Uh, Billingsley. I mean, she is just airing it out and putting putting yards up there. So uh, they get back to form here. So let's look at what do we have week? Uh, what do we have week? Uh, Four? Am I correct here? Week four, right? We're looking into week, week four. four coming to week four. Let's dive into it here. Uh, let's bring in uh, Nate Ward in the house here as well, so we can talk about it. So we got uh, about ten minutes, kind of breeze through it here, so we can get to, to some of the key games. All right, um, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta against Alabama, the rematch. This is going to be a good one from week one. So I'm, I'm I am taking Phoenix. Until otherwise, I'm taking the Phoenix. Unless Alabama wakes up, which uh, at the week one was maybe an eye opener for them. They looked really good this past week, but you know Phoenix is no heat. Just as, you know that's what it is, and so it's going to be tough. I I definitely feel like um, it's going to be a much closer and more competitive game than that week one tilt. I am also going to give the edge to the Phoenix, though. I, you know, they've just been outstanding so far. All right, um, I, I would name. You got that? Yeah, I would. Uh, we're all in consensus. No. I think Atlanta, uh, pretty much until otherwise. But um, uh, Nate, uh, Utah against Las Vegas. Las Vegas have been struggling. They've been uh, their defense has been keeping up in games, but can they contain Magana and Jameson? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. You, you too, Mark? You don't think so? Well, um, I, I think if they're able to do that, um, it, it just they won't be able to do it the whole game. And so I, yeah. I'm going to give Utah the edge here. I, I, I think that's just um, – I think it's just going to be a little bit too much. I, I think it will be a competitive game. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a shutout on the side here. So. I, I don't think that's a good thing. They're going up against Custis, our co-host. That's right. So, uh, I don't that's think Holly's right. going to lose. Vegas. No, goodness uh, no. Shout out to Holly. All right, uh, Tina Tella you know, and if Holly. Vegas is, yeah. If Vegas is going to have a breakout game, I mean, this is the one they want it to be. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, sure. That's wishful thinking, Mark. We'll go. We'll, we'll go with that theory. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Nate. Uh, the elite taking on the Panthers. Regina Jackson, Brittany Bushman, and Des- Destiny Jarro. This is this is a good one. Can uh, I, I? I just cannot not take the chance. I'm sorry, uh, Mississippi, and all the girls out there, and uh, the Aussie girls. But this is a big test. Huge test, huge test. Um, you know, th- this is what we would call a statement game. You know, you, 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 it's almost one of those ones where you, you win, you show you belong. I mean, easy as that. Regina said this. she's ready for this, so we'll see, right? We'll get to see it on Vire on Saturday. How ready is the Panthers? Well, you know, I'm sure the Panthers are chomping at the bit. They're coming off of a bye week. Um, before which they took that loss to Kansas City glory. And um, so, 
they've had a week to think about that and, you know, spend some time kind of looking inward on their own sort of uh, problems and the things that they need to do better. And hopefully the extra time spent to try and figure out the best way to, you know, attack the Spartans. Um, And, you know, to Nate's point, yeah, I mean, this is a statement game, sort of win or lose, right? So we had all that drama with the loss to Kansas City, but the Panthers also, you know, in the off season, uh, made a lot of sort of like commitments to themselves to to get better, and they they brought in, uh, you know, the, the crew from Australia to try and become more competitive. And now, now it's time to see uh, where they stand against the top team in the league. Exactly. Yeah, the, the nine cup champs. Uh, I'm I think we're, I'm riding with them. Uh, Mississippi, I hope you uh, bring in some firepower because the OG and company, uh, no disrespect to the Mississippi D, but uh, they are unapologetic, Mark, you would say. <laughs> Once they get going, that's they're unapologetic. Uh, so yeah, Regina Jackson that's... might be running for her life. Never know. <laughs> unapologetic is definitely one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're unapologetic. So, uh, all right, um, they got the swagger, and uh, now we got to just you got to slap it off of them, Mississippi. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Denver, Mark, going to get Oregon. This could be a setup game, Mark. So you're listening. This could be a setup game, Terry Lister. It, it's kind of got a trap game feel to it, doesn't it? Yep. Right. Yep. You don't really mm. you don't really expect much from uh, from Oregon, really. Um, and, you know, Denver's off to a good start, but you know that they haven't been performing quite to the level that they want to. Um, they've performed well, but I think they feel like they, you know, could have done some things better. They're coming off a bye week, too. Uh, hopefully they won't be caught sleeping. All right, uh, Nate, uh, a battle of two teams that are going in reverse, Seattle, Phoenix. Who gets the win? Does your hometown Majestics get the win or not? Oh. oh my goodness! Um, no pressure, well, Nate. First of all, I'm, first of all, I'm <laughs> on this game. That's one. Um, and you know, in, in watching between, you know, from the first week when I was out there to just watching them from from the sidelines, it's like it, it's like you mentioned earlier. There, there's two completely opposite ends of this team when you look at the offense and the defense, and Man, I, I'm I'm hoping this is the the one that starts the train because you you know at, at this point it's do or die. I think I think Seattle D is better than Phoenix D right now, and I think the, offensively Seattle is way better with Phoenix. So I'm taking Seattle. Uh, Mark, Kansas City to wrap it up here, taking on Philly. If you're if you're uh, if you're star right, uh, you got to get it right here, and, and this is not a good thing. Kansas City, that defense, if they can do something to uh, Mississippi, oh, wow. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, the Phantoms look like they're dead in the water. It's hard to to believe that, you know, last season, Philadelphia was right up there with Washington and Atlanta, all right? They've come a long way down from that. Uh, it's, It's stunning. And I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I can't, you know, I can't pick them against Kansas City, you know, Kansas City's not my favorite team, 
but they showed something last week or, you know, two weeks ago. And um, if you can get Lauren Crouch to, to run that offense uh, with that good defense, if she can get going offensively, she's very talented. If they can just get a run game, balance game going, uh, Philly just not disciplined for the first game. Uh, they just need to get they need to get better. Uh, I'm taking KC. Nate, KC as well? Kansas City, by and far. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks for coming in, uh, Mark. Appreciate it. Uh, Nate, also, uh, looking forward to week four of the mm-hmm. WNFC on Vire Network. Forget to mi- uh, don't miss it. Six games, April 23rd, week four. Uh, key matchups that we just went over right now. Kind of interesting to see how those are turn out. Also, uh, the game of the week for the WFA as well. So a lot of things that have broken down here in the, in the hour. Uh, so uh, I hope everybody was entertained and happy about it. So make sure you replay our podcast over and over and over, even if you're snoring. No big deal. As long as it's on, we're good to go. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, check it out. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. Appreciate everybody tuning in to us. Uh, so for Mark Simone, Nate Ward, the absent Holly Custis, go get the win, Holly. Uh, Mac, go get the win. Terry Lister, go get the win. Uh, We're going to be basically back next week as we break down week four of the WNFC and also week three of the WFA. So have a great night, everybody. Enjoy it. ...is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.